Hey, it's Marcel. Imagine how awesome it would be if this year, 2023, your employees were more engaged and, and into their work. They made better decisions, collaborated without any of those people issues, and just performed at a high level to produce great work. You know, as leaders, we know that these attributes eliminate countless headaches and help scale the business. But quite shockingly, we often see the exact opposite behaviors take place in our teams. So we developed a hybrid leadership course to help emerging leaders bring out the best in their people. So together with your management team, we're going to help you identify the leadership skills that will result in high performance in yourself and in your employees. We're going to identify what it takes to inspire, motivate, and engage human beings to do their best work. We're going to teach you the leadership habits that will attract A players to come work for your organization. You're going to learn how to overcome the number one obstacle to clear communication, and you'll discover your personality strengths and blind spots and how to overcome those blind spots to help improve your work relationships. If you want to learn more about this unique leadership course, visit my website, marcelschwantes.com, and click on training. The future of work isn't about shareholder value, technology, metrics, or automation. It's about being human and putting people first through actionable love. Welcome to the Love in Action podcast, where we hold deep conversations with extraordinary people to help you grow as a leader and expand your business. Here's your host, Marcel Schwantes. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Love in Action podcast. Hey, we're the only business show that explores the powerhouse principles, leadership principles of love and care. I'm glad you could join us. Spread the love by sharing the episode with a friend in a leadership, preferably, or management role. Maybe a founder of a company, an executive, a, a supervisor on the front lines, an HR person, or someone aspiring to become a leader. That's what we're all about here. And if you like the show, would you please do us a favor? We rely greatly on those positive reviews and five-star ratings to keep the show ranked high and help other people to find it. So here's what to do. Grab your phone, go to the Apple Podcast app, and then search for the show Love in Action. And when you find it, click on it. Then scroll down to the bottom and you're going to see a link, write a review. This is gonna, only going to take two minutes. Short and sweet review works fine for us because we're changing lives all over the world with our message and your review would help more people to find the show so we can continue to spread the love and action movement. So we appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right. So I want to bring in my, uh, my co-host, three-time author, global speaker, leadership coach, Rob Holman. Marcel, so happy to be back. And are you kidding me to partner with you in this movement to serve you, to come alongside of you? This is a dream come true. And you know I mean that, my brother. You know I mean that. I know you do. And by the way, congratulations is in order for you. Folks, Rob was was just inducted into the annual power list of the 200 top 200 biggest voices in leadership for 2023. He's joining the likes of Ken Blanchard, Simon Sinek, John Maxwell. I mean, Rob, these are like the, the the thought leader gods of our generation. So um, how do you feel, man? Pinch me. Pinch <laughs> me, Marcel. Hey, 47 years old. 
And can I share with you, as well as thousands of leaders all around the world, being 47, I really deep on the inside feel like I'm five. I mean, honestly, I mean, just you even sharing that, I'm like, whoa. So, But what it does do for me, it inspires me, it compels me even that much more in 2023 to serve and serve faithfully. So thank you so much. It's, I'm honored. That's awesome. Now, let me tell you, you were ranked uh, number 139. I got the list right here in front of me. Check out the people. I already mentioned, you know, three semi-gods of, of thought leadership space. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to scroll down and just drop a few names, okay? You were on the same list, as I mentioned, Simon Sinek. Uh, Marshall Goldsmith was ranked number one on the power list. Hmm. Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V., uh, is uh, ranked number four. Whitney Johnson, the CEO of Disruption Advisors, I had her on the podcast. She's ranked number six. Chester Elton, who I've also had on the podcast, ranked number seven. Josh Burson. I mean, yeah. Gary Ridge, formerly of the WD-40 company. Adam Grant. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, this is a, this is a, a it's sort of like the who's who of thought leaders, authors, global speakers, just the most well-known experts in the uh, in the leadership realm. And Rob, you're in there. Well, I thank you. And you know, one of the things I've always admired about you, Marcel, and so many other leaders, some of which you mentioned, some that you haven't mentioned, is um, you know, a lot of these leaders are learners, are lifetime learners. I mean, one of the reasons why you are so effective, why you are a pioneer in the area of servant leadership in the way that you are, you remain a student. You And that's why your podcast is not just so popular, it's so transformational, is because you are constantly and consistently learning from your guests that are world-renowned leaders in their own right. So thank you for modeling so well what uh, being a student of leadership is all about. I appreciate that because, you know, in order to help other people evolve in their leadership journey, you got to evolve yourself. So to sure. your point, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So today I want to talk about this, this concept um, of you hear, you hear this buzz phrase all the time. Okay. Value your people. <laughs> we, I mean, it's such a, it's such an overused term. I I feel right. How you must value your people. Well, no, duh. Your people, your employees are your, you know, your greatest asset. Of course, you have to value them. But for too many people, Rob, they think that that means, you know, you you throw them a bump in pay, you know, a few nifty perks, maybe more flexibility, et cetera. And, you know, and maybe that works in the short term, you know, from an HR or management standpoint. But to me, that's not enough when you're leading other human beings. So let me toss this to you. I mean, when you think about valuing your people, what what comes to mind and what, what exactly does that mean? So we can only give what we got. Marcel, you've heard me say that a number of times, as well as the listeners to the Love and Action podcast. What I mean by that is what we have received throughout the course of the last so many months, years of our life, we can give that away to other people. So let me use this as an example. Yeah. Let's suppose uh, you and everyone else listening was on a stranded island all by themselves. Okay. You're not able to bring anyone else with you on the planet. It's just you. Okay. Now you're given adequate food and drink. 
no real sources of entertainment, but your clothes, everything's kind of like all the necessities in life are there. They are present. What is not there, you are stripped of every title, every position, every responsibility, every task. You're not a leader. You're not a senior leader, C-suite exec, a manager. You're not a mom, dad, brother, sister, neighbor, community member, so on and so forth. It's just you. How would you rate your self-worth? In other words, value. If you were stripped of everything you know on this earth outside of the necessities in life. Do you know, I ask a lot of leaders this question all around the world. And the average answer I get in in them being real and authentic with me is a five. Are you serious? Yeah, 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 yeah. At best, at best. They're like, they feel like their value is average. Now, Marcel, let's say I ask that to a five-year-old in a way that they can grasp and understand that same question. What answer do you think I'm going to get from a five-year-old? I'm thinking stepping into my five-year-old shoes, I would probably think of myself pretty high because at at that age, that's all I can think about is me, 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 me. (laughs) That's right. Spot on. A 10 almost every time. So something happens in life. There's something that five-year-old, the anticipation, they kind of know. They just go with who they are. They're happy-go-lucky and the purity and the innocence of who they are. And then in time, life happens. And as developed and more mature adults and leaders, we uh, let the demands, responsibilities, titles influence us far more than how we were originally made and created. And so for me, my encouragement to leaders out there as it relates to value We've got to first learn what it means to value ourselves. That means embracing our unique identity so that the more that we value ourselves, guess what we can do? We can give that more and more away to other people, team members, employees, and we can help them along that journey as well. Marcel, how about you? That is straight. I mean, that is yeah, straight out of your inside out philosophy of leadership, right? It's yeah. uh, it's the old adage that before you care or love on other people, you have to be before you're compassionate to others. Do you have to have self compassion? That's right. And really see yourself in a in a, a greater light. Now it's not to say you know we're not speaking from an ego perspective here, That's exactly Rob, right? right? Yeah. No, yeah. we're not. No, and 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 the thing I love about it is, I believe the more that we truly in the core of cores, embrace our unique identity, not just as a leader, as a human being that happens to be a leader, that there's a purity with that, that we know at the end of the day, in a sense, that we did nothing to deserve who we are. It's been a gift given to us that we need to steward really well. So in other words, we begin to fade more away the more we embrace who we are and others come more to the forefront. And that's where you come into play too. I mean, not only are you an advocate for embracing who you are, but you help leaders not only do that, but what does this mean helping team members uh, Mm. valuing not only themselves, but one another in that process too? Well, one of the things that, uh, and thank you so much for, for that segue, because, uh, you know, it's truly a, a, a two-piece puzzle here, right? Before we even think about having to value other people, yeah, we got to be thinking about our self-worth. So to your question, one of the tenets of leadership that I see more and more people failing in to truly value people is you have to listen to them receptively 
because we in this day and age we speak way more than we listen so so and i think well here's what happened in the last decade the digital era has caused this this slow degeneration in our ability to communicate and and even solve problems you know both in speaking and especially in listening i mean you know and this affects everyone <laughs> connected 24 7 to mobile apps texting email and so the reason that we should be paying attention to and and sharpening our listening skills as a leadership strength to me it's because it builds trust when you start to listen to various voices and see different perspectives people tune in to you actually having an interest in in them and that creates great value in not only yourself as a leader but in other people as well they begin to feel valued feel heard like you know that you care about them yeah you know marcel i would love every listener right now to take time to think about maybe a time in their life to where you felt really listened to. Like, let's say there's something on your heart, whether it's in the workplace, certainly with a team member or at home uh, with a spouse, a partner, a son, a daughter. And you felt like you communicated some deep things on your heart. Maybe you had to get some things off your chest. And that other person, it's as though everything around them and around both of you faded away and you came to the forefront and you knew that they were with you. You knew that they were for you. You knew that they put on those active listening ears. How did it make you feel? How did it really make you feel? I mean, Marcel, does anything come to mind? It could be general, specific. I mean, but I'm sure if you're like me and so many others, I feel valued when that yeah. happens for sure, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's no cliche, seriously, because to 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 be able to help somebody feel valued to the point where that person feels like a million bucks it, it takes relationship building you have to be able to to reach out to people and get to know them on a personal level uh to build that trust in order for them to feel valued and i think that that's where all the other things start to kick in empathy listening you know respect all of those tenets of leadership that you and i teach coach and speak on doesn't begin until you make the effort and you take the step forward to say, hey, I'm going to get to know my people. And so that I think that that's where the journey really starts. Because to me, leadership is about relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marcel, can you dig a little deeper? I'm interested. If nothing else, I want to learn from you right now on this because you're you're such an expert in this arena. As trust is built and fostered, Right. So that active listening piece is critical in that process. People are feeling valued because they're feeling appreciated and they're they're being listened to. They're they're being you're being present with them. And trust is a natural byproduct. Could you speak to like when trust is built and fostered, what begins to come out of that place for team members, for the team as a whole? Um, I'd love to learn from you on that one. Oh, so many things. Do we have time for another podcast? Man, this is a, in, it, in itself, uh, you know, a, 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 another episode. But I'm, I mean, without getting into the even the data to support, the evidence is there. When you get to that point where people trust each other in the workplace, I mean, there is the business case for it. You know, performance elevates. 
there's more pr productivity outputs, you know, which increases your your business, your profits, etc. Uh, but I think that it just brings people together to do great work, to collaborate. You know, it uh, it 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 breaks down the walls, of the silos, mm. and and the walls that keep people from connecting with one another in the workplace in order to do great things together. That's what trust does. Yeah. Um, and I think that trust is a byproduct of loving other people. It's it's not necessarily you don't trust people as you love them. No, mm -hmm. you love them and you create all of the you create the atmosphere, the environment to support people where they're at, meet their needs, etc. That's how the loving part. All of that then leads to the top of the mountain, which is trust. And that's mm -hmm. what every leader should be after is uh, creating a culture of trust. Because I, I know of no place that is a high-performing, top workplace to work for where people don't trust each other. Yeah. That, that, that just doesn't, doesn't happen. You walk into these, these places where trust is, is high, and you're going to see amazing collaboration. You're going to see an amazing, healthy community of work where people truly love being together. And working together, and I speak on not you know in in an office environment or even a remote setting, right? And so, to me, and that's because I mean that's because the culture is one where it fosters all of the things that lead to trust, and all of the things that we already mentioned, right? That we teach and coach on. So, uh, yeah, trust is really the uh, sort of the icing on the cake. Boy, hundred percent microphone drop. You're a gift, Marcel. Well, so are you. And so I think that we should transition to what's quickly becoming our favorite segment. Mailbag. That's right. It's mailbag time. You send in your questions and Rob and I will read them on the air. And here's one, Rob, from Javier in L.A. And he sent this question. I'm not complete. And he bolded the word not. I'm not completely sold on the idea that good leaders have to always be present with their employees. They're fully grown adults. The last thing I want is to come across like I'm their parent. What's a good balance? Well, that's interesting. And, you know, Javier is pretty clear that he's not sold on this whole uh, thing about, you know, I need to be present. Well, Javier didn't really specify what he meant by being present, okay? and But he does drop a few hints about, you know, his workers are adults. He doesn't want to feel like a parent and all that. So to me, that speaks of micromanagement yeah. um, and, you know, looking over people's shoulder. Yeah, we don't want to be that type of manager. Um, but he also says good. Uh, he's not sold on the idea that good leaders have to always be present with their employees. Hmm, that opens up discussion. Yeah, Marcel, I love what you already shared because that's how I took it too. And Javier, I would say this, when I think of presence, leadership presence, human being presence, quite frankly, I can't help but think of something that Marcel and I talk about quite a bit, and that is active listening. You know, it's coming alongside, if not getting under our team members, not to, we're not lording over. We're not trying to micromanage, but we are yeah. coming alongside. We are getting we are getting under only to lift 
up people so they far surpass us with what they put their hands and feet to every day. And I think one of the practical things we should consider in the midst of this certainly is that active listening piece. Yeah, Marcel, um, we're just coming off talking about active listening as well, but we talk about it quite often because when we ask a specific question, uh, we want to seek first to understand where someone's coming from. And when we have that attitude, that heart, now someone's going to feel, as we've said, valued and appreciated, respected, honored. And that shows them, it demonstrates with them that we're with them. And that's what presence is all about. We want to be with people along for the journey. We want to serve them. We want to help them. We want to support them so they can far surpass us at the end of the day. I mean, those are just some initial thoughts, Marcel, but what's your take on that? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Uh, I just think that there are too many leaders or managers out there that will you know, give direction and uh, set expectations and uh, here are your goals. And then they disappear. They're MIA, right? So to me, that's a lack of presence, physical presence. Um, right. So, and, and your employees are going to wonder what, you know, where, where is that person that hired me? And, uh, you know, cause they want to, they want to have some aspect of relationship with their manager which, you know, according to Gallup, that that's really good for employee engagement to, you know, share ideas, et cetera. So I think that there's an element of presence, physical presence there without micromanagement that managers and leaders have to understand that is required for the job, right? Uh, you have to, in the old days, we used to say, you have to walk your four corners, mm-hmm. right? If I mean, and maybe even today, if you're back in the office or in a manufacturing environment, walking the halls of your hospital, you have to walk your four corners. People need to see you, visibly see you. Mm-hmm. Um, to know enough that, hey, my boss, my executive cares about us enough to come out and check on us physically, check on us and see how we're doing. So that's about that's present. Uh, I present. love that you're bringing a different angle because you're right. So many times we can think of overdoing it like micromagic. I love the aspect that you're bringing up like someone not being around as often. I want to be vulnerable with everyone here. Historically, for me, one of my weak, weaker areas is I will find competent people. And when I get them in place and encourage them on the front end, and when they when, when I onboard them, <laughs> I encourage them, I go through certain language and cultural things and everything. But because I hired them, a competent person, very skilled and gifted person, I will tend in the name of empowerment, Marcel, in the name of empowerment, I'll let them be. But only from feedback I've gotten. Rob, we want you around more. Like, we love the fact that you empower us to do what we're called to do, do what we're hired to do, but we want you to continue to be present, be around and serve us some bit, even in the trenches with certain things or or creative ideas. And that has been a bit of a missing gap for me over the last so many years. Now I'm doing certain things intentionally and consistently to close that gap, but I want to share, if that's you out there, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing I was thinking about as you were talking, uh, Rob, is that, yes, being present is important and being available is important. Being visible is important. Yeah. All those things will be a natural byproduct of you building relationships and building bridges with your employees. However, 
it'll backfire if you don't have those relationships set in place and you start to show up and walk around and check up on people, but you haven't fostered that space for getting to know them and make sure that the the environment is safe for them to express their ideas and input. If you just drop in, they're going to be suspicious mm-hmm. because they don't know what your intent is. If you just start showing up and and be visible, well, remember you first you you do that because you show that you care right but work on the caring piece first and then start showing up and being more visible and being available and asking questions don't just drop out of the sky randomly and start start being quote present to your employees who are wondering what is he what is he doing here mm-hmm. you see what and i'm that, saying yeah. oh i see exactly what you're saying and I completely agree and that's why the temptation to just do maybe, I don't know, biannual reviews and j- just to stay on a formal side and say, hey, we're going to get the finger on the pulse of our team members and our employees, you know, maybe twice a year or, you know, at best once a quarter and all these. And it sounds great. But at the end of the day, Marcel, what you're talking about, what we're both referring to, this love in action, it requires some things of us as leaders and managers. It requires a consistent touch point on a one-to-one basis and with our team, better getting to know them as human beings and working professionals. So by the time the quarterly review, the biannual reviews come up, there's no real surprises because we've gotten to know them. They've gotten to know us. There's this mutual exchange of life on life. Mm. So by the time the formalities come about, we're just, we're working through and dotting some I's and crossing some T's, but there's no real surprises. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that I would summarize this whole thing for Javier in LA kind of like this. No, you don't want to micromanage. You don't want to lord over your people, but you do want to be present with them, especially when it counts, when your people expect you to be, to be there, to show them support and to help them to grow as, as people, as employees, then absolutely you need to be present. Yeah. Thank you, Marcel. This has been a total joy. And Javier, thank you for your wonderful question. Hopefully we uh, answered that as we oftentimes do to the best of our ability, Marcel, the best of our ability. (laughs) If you have a question for us, you can drop it in, uh, well, you do have a link for it, but you'll find that link in any of the most recent episodes. This episode, in fact, just uh, click on the episode, scroll down, and you'll find a place to send in your mailbag question. That's all we got for you today. He is Rob Holman, the man that inspires me and elevates my own leadership growth. So Rob, where can people find you if they want to book you for a speaking engagement or get some coaching? Where can they go? I would say the best place is robholman.com. As usual, Marcel, thank you so much. I learned a lot from you and hopefully which I'm sure this is the case, the listeners learned a lot too. I'm Marcel Schwantes, and my mission is to spread more actionable love and care in the workplace. To learn more about how I can help your leaders create a servant leadership culture of high performance, you can visit my website, marcelschwantes.com. Rob and I will come back in a future episode, so stay tuned for that. Everyone, have a great day. Ciao. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Love in Action podcast. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it, subscribe, and leave us a review. Until next time, don't forget, the future of leadership is love in action. Believe it, practice it, and watch your business grow.